0: Exodus chapter 33, verse 13, it says this, Now therefore I pray, this is Moses talking, If I found grace in your sight, show me your way, that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. He says, I want to know your ways. And this is how God responded. And He said, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And I thought, that's that's really not the question answered that uh, he probably thought. But evidently, that was so awesome to Moses, and I believe he got a revelation of it that the church needs to get a revelation of Because he said after that, then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. In other words, if your presence isn't going to go with us, I don't want to go. So he said, if if my presence is with you, you're going to have rest. So, the presence of God is in you and me today. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus, that His presence is in you. So if His presence is in you, considering this, then what else is in you? Rest. So we're going to find out about rest today, and make sure that it is manifested in your life, because God wants you to be at rest all the time—not just at Christmas. But it just seems like at Christmas people get out of rest. They get all, all, yeah. The New Living Translation says this. And Moses said, "If you don't personally go with us, don't make us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know?" That you look favorably on me, on me and your people, if you don't go with us. For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all of the people on the earth. What? He said that your presence, which is rest, sets us apart from everybody else. You know, most people think, you know, when I was raised up in church, you know, you had to act better than everybody else. You had to be, you know, look holy, act holy do holy. And then people would know that you're you you know, you're set apart. That's not what this scripture says. Because we all know that you're not always going to act holy. And you're not always going to do right. And you're not always going to be right. And so that can't be it. But he said, you know what will separate us from the world? You know what the world will know that we're followers of Jesus? Rest. That's pretty amazing. Isn't that a great revelation? That's what the world's going to know. You know, when everybody's uh, all uptight and the, the factory closes down, everybody's losing their job, you can go, wow, I wonder what God's got for me. Everybody else is going to say, drug check on aisle 42 right here. He needs, he needs to be tested. When... Your children are not doing right. And if they're grown, they're just running after sin like a popsicle stick. You can rest assured, worrying is not going to change them. Matter of fact, you know, worry will actually damage your relationship. Worry is terrible. So that's why I like the end of that song. But rest is the thing that will distinguish us from the world. And the good news is, if you're a believer in Jesus, you got it. You have His rest. So, in the midst of a messed up world, I mean, and if you don't know the world's messed up, you you probably came out of a coma yesterday. But anyway, the world is, it is so messed up, man. I mean, there's so much going on. I mean, everything is just, just out of berserk. You can have rest in this messed up world. I'm glad God didn't say, you know, when everything calms down and the stock market keeps going up, you can have rest. When everything is just right and the stars line up and the moon's full, and you can have rest. No, God wants you and I to know that you can have rest right now, no matter what's going on. Woo, that's good news. I said, that's good news. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 8 through 11 says, For if Joshua had given them rest, Joshua was one of the leaders of the people of Israel and he was leading them. He said, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest, so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. He said that God rested from His works, you know. God created everything in six days. How I many you know that He didn't rest on the seventh day because He was worn out and tired? He said, man, it just took everything out of me to be able to create that long giraffe, and that, especially that baboon with the red rear end, you know. I mean... That, the hippopotamus, man, that, it took some imagination and it just wore me out. How many know that's not why God rested? How many know that? Why did He rest? This is why He rested, because everything was completed. It was done. It was finished. So then He turns around and He says, you and I need to enter into that rest. What does that mean? Everything you need has been done. It's finished. So quit trying to strive. Quit trying to get holy. Quit trying to be righteous. Enter in to His rest. Enter in to His rest. So what does rest look like? Rest may look different to different people. But I believe that if you're really going to enter in to the rest that God has for us, you have to know that you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. Because when I was raised in church, You had to act righteous, be righteous, and if you weren't, you were therefore not righteous. I was not really righteous in that church. But this is what I found out. A sinner is not a sinner because he sinned. He was born into it. If you were born into sin... That's why Jesus came so you could be born again. So Jesus says the old man dies and you're born again and so now we are born into righteousness. Ooh. So I'm not righteous because of what my... I'm righteous because I'm a pastor again. No, I'm not righteous because I'm a pastor. I'm not righteous because I'm good to my wife. I'm not righteous because I have long hours at the office. I am righteous for one reason. It's because of Jesus. So if you know that, it causes you to be able to rest. What else does rest look like? Well, it causes you and I to be free of guilt and condemnation. Free of guilt and condemnation. I'm not guilty. I'm not condemned. Jesus is no longer holding guilt over my head. He's no longer holding condemnation over me. I am free from it all the time. What else does rest look like? You have to know that your Father, your Heavenly Father, you know that Jesus, when He came, that's why all the religious people, they got mad at Him because He he called God Father. He was the first one, you know, to say, my father. And so now, I believe that one of the greatest revelations the church can get a hold of is to know God as, The in the, the word of God it says, Abba, Father, which means Daddy. When you call your father Daddy, what does that mean? That's an endearing term. It means like I can crawl up on his lap and he just meets my need and makes me feel like I'm his child. He's not a god with a lightning bolt in his hand ready to cast it down. He is your daddy God. If you're going to have rest, you have to know that that He is always for you and never against you. No matter how you act or what, whatever you're doing in life. So are you are you saying that you just want us to go out and sin? No, <laughs> obviously not. Sin will hurt you and destroy you. But having said that, my heavenly Father is never going to look down upon me for my sin. I know if you were raised in church, it's probably getting stuck right about now. You're trying to swallow that. When we were in Africa, the meat was so tough. You just tell people, just chew on it as long as you can. It eventually go down. So if you get stuck with some truth that I'm preaching from the Word, not my opinion, then just keep chewing on it. It'll eventually go down and it'll feel good once it's down. What does rest look like? you got to know that your Heavenly Father wants you healed and He paid the price for you to have health and healing. He paid the price for you. By His stripes you were healed. When did that happen? That happened on the cross 2,000 years ago. So you have to rest in the fact that He's provided a way for you and I to walk in health and to be healed. He's also provided a way for you and I to be blessed financially. And there again, you know, if you were raised in church, you know, the poorer you were, the more holier you were. Which probably meant you had holy genes. Holy genes were way in style, way before this new generation came. That's because people could not afford good genes. But God has met all of your needs according to his riches and glory and his, and just like a good father, can't you just be honest and drop down your spiritual walls? What good father would not want his child to be free from guilt and condemnation? What good father would not want his child healed? What good father would not want his child blessed and having a good job and driving something nice and living someplace nice and living around nice? And yet we get saved and we come to God and He goes, He wants you poor, He wants you broke, and dear Lord, I'm telling you what, you better just get that smile off your face. Don't you know who you're talking to? Yeah, I do. I sure do. He's my daddy. What does rest look like? You have to know who you are in Christ. And man, we can't, I mean, that's not just a one-sermon thing, but you got to know what it says in Deuteronomy and Genesis and all the way through Revelation, who you are in Christ, that He has made you the head and not the tail. He, he has made you above and not beneath. And whatever you set your hand to shall surely prosper. You have to know who you are in Christ. You have to know in Galatians 5, 22 and 23 where it says, when you get born again, He says, I put my fruit of the Spirit inside of you. What is that? Man, it's love. Joy. And people say, well, I just don't have any love. Well, you don't know about the fruit of the Spirit then. Because if you're born again, if you believe in Jesus, love is inside of you. you got to you know that He's given you peace. He's given you joy. He's given you kindness. And I know you're, you you made me think, oh, my spouse needs a revelation of that. It's in Him and it's in her. It's in all of us. He's given you goodness. He's given you self-control. He's given you patience. So all Christians should never say, I just don't have patience. You should never say that. Why? Because patience is inside of you. You have it in you. I don't. Yes, you do. I know I don't. Yes, you do. You know what the good news is about patience? You can outlast the devil. I mean, you know, that's good enough right there. You could have uh, we could go home right now, and that would have been good enough for you to come to church. You got patience inside of you. You have it all. And this is the thing that you gotta know if, what does rest look like? It's free from your heart. all words. Not just figures. All words. That's what rest looks like. Just stop and think about No words no matter what's going on. but well, my wife just left me. No worries. I just found out my child's on drugs. No worries. Pastor, it's not my opinion. It's what God says in His Word. He's giving you rest. And you know what? When you don't worry, what does that mean? It means that you're having faith that I don't know how this is going to get worked out, but it's going to get worked out by my daddy. Woo! By my father. God is going to take care of this. So I'm not going to worry about it. Luke, chapter 8. This is a story about Jairus. You may be familiar with it. Jairus had a daughter, and she was about ready to die. So he found out that Jesus would come to people's house and heal. So he said, I'm getting Jesus because I love my daughter. So he goes and gets Jesus. Jesus said, I've come to your house. And right as they're on their way, almost there, almost had it, almost got it close enough. He gets word that don't trouble Jesus. She's dead. Your daughter's dead. That's pretty grave news, you know. But this is what it says in Luke chapter 8, verse 50. When Jesus heard this, he told Jairus, You should have came and got me earlier. Only it was yesterday. What did he say? First words out of Jesus' mouth are, Don't worry. Jesus, I mean, my daughter's dead, and you're telling me not to worry? That's not my opinion. That's the Word of God. Everybody agree with that? He says, Don't worry. Have faith. In other words, hey, just believe me, and your daughter will get well Well, you know the story Jesus got there she got well she got healed everybody say don't worry well no matter I don't think you can get worse off than dead I mean you may have a pretty strong thing going on but I don't think there's a a more bigger circumstance you can come up against in Matthew chapter 9 this is a woman. All of her life, she'd been sick. They call it the issue with blood. She had a, uh, a blood flow, and I'm telling you what, she spent all of her money. None of the doctors could make her better. She was broke, but she heard about Jesus being a healer, and so she makes her way to Jesus in the crowd, which is at that time was against the law. If you you were unclean. And this is the great thing. Every time you touch or come in contact with Jesus, the unclean are made clean. And so if you're born again, you are clean. But anyway, the woman with the issue of blood, she comes and she touches the hem of his garment, and Jesus turned. He saw the woman and said, What are you doing out here? You know you're unclean. What, what did he say? Don't worry. I think this is, they stole that song from Jesus. He's the one who's going, he's probably going around. Don't worry. Be happy. 2,000 years later. That's a good song, man. That's a good song. Don't worry. You are now healed because of your faith. At that moment. What moment? The moment that she did not worry. You see how the devil torments people to worry that it can even cause you not to receive healing for your body, cause you not to get a raise, cause your children not to come in. Worry is a tool of the devil. Don't worry. If you're going to have rest, rest is inside of you. Just like patience, just like the fruit of the Spirit, just like everything that God has given you. But this is the key. You're going to have it manifested. You can't worry. You can't worry. You say, "Oh man, I... I come from a long line of warriors, not warriors, warriors. My great-grandmother, she was the best of warriors. And then there was my grandmother and then my mom. She worried all the time. So it's just in me to worry. Don't buy that. I don't care if that's the way. It may take you some time to get out from underneath that, but you need to know that you have the ability and capability to not worry, to choose not to worry. Choose. Not to worry. To so know why? Because of your father. Your heavenly father. I got this article. You know, worry causes stress. And they say that stress is so harmful to your body. I mean, it's physically, scientifically proven that worry is very harmful to your body. Matter of fact, our boys were in 4-H a couple of years ago in archery. And... Um, One of the instructors was gone for a couple of weeks, and I finally saw him, I go, man, where have you been? You know, I was trying to make light of it, and he said, my wife got so sick, she actually died, and they brought her back to life. And I went, what? I said, what in the world was wrong? What happened? He said, Mike, you won't believe this. He didn't know that I, I knew the scripture, but anyway, he says, you won't believe this. He said... My wife died and had all these problems going with her body and the doctor said it was because of worry and stress. They had to literally bring her back I mean, you know, clear and bring her back to life because of worry stress. Well, I found this article by Meyer Friedman back in the 1950s. He was a cardiologist. He was a heart expert. Way back in the 50s, and uh, in his waiting room, that his patients would come and wait, uh, he found out that they always keep wearing out at certain places on their needed upholstery, and so he would send them out. And the upholster guy came to him and he says, "You realize that uh, your chairs all wear out in the same places all the time?" And he had the chairs and they had two arms that were covered. And he said that the very edge was worn out and that the tips uh, of the armrests, they were always worn out. He said, it's like your your patients are just sitting on the edge and grabbing hold of that and rubbing on the tips. And he said, I don't know what it is, but that's really odd. So the cardiologist put two and two together and he found out and started studying it, how that... These people, he started asking them their type of personality and everything. And he found out there's a, a common thread with a lot of these uh, patients that I had. And so he called it type A personality. You can Google it. If you don't believe me? That's how I found out. I Google it. But um, he said this. This type A personality includes, now if you're like this or your spouse is like this, don't elbow them or anything, just... Keep looking forward. There are aggressive and chronic struggle to achieve more and more in less and less time. Excessive competitive drive. That was me. Chronic sense of time urgency, impatience. Hostility toward others, particularly those who get in their way. I'm sure it's not you, but have you ever been at a red light and it turns green and you take your foot off the brake and it's a thousand one and the person behind you goes, beep! Like, holy cow, I mean, my foot's off the brake and it's getting ready to push on the accelerator. But no, the person behind me is, you're not going fast enough. I know all about that. I drove for FedEx for a living. That was me. Matter of fact, and I could have bumped you and say, "Hey," or go around you. Hostility toward people who are in their way—a convenient label for people who blew up at a slow sales clerk. I'm sure that's not you. Have you ever been there? And she goes, "Oh, look! Oh, this is a nice item. Oh, that is what? Where did you find that in the store? I need a." And the person behind goes, "Seriously? Really?" You want to just, you know, you, we like ding, ding. That's, back in the, my day, it's 249. Ding, 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 ding. What are you laughing at? Like you're all younger than me. Come on. They are the ones who pound the horns in, in traffic and generally live their lives in double time. He said these are the type A's and he said these are the ones that have high blood pressure, high cholesterol, heart issues, heart problems. Let me take a deep breath. The good news is you don't have to be like that. I said there is good news for you. It's just in my DNA. This is just how I was raised. It may it be how you were raised, but God has given you new DNA when you got born again. I said, He's given you new DNA. And inside that DNA, it came from Christ. And that DNA has rest inside of it. And it's rest from heaven. It's rest from heaven. The Prince of Peace. He's not called that just so we could have Christmas cards, you know. Oh, look, Prince of Peace. Let's let's send this one. That's what He is. The Prince of... And where is He at today? His presence is inside of you. Which means peace. And not just peace, but the Prince of Peace is inside you. And here you are just getting uptight about everything. You burn something while you're cooking and Oh, I can't believe I did that. And you throw the pot and, and just break the glass and just, ah. The Prince of Peace is inside of you going, it's all right. You're not the first person that burned something. Probably won't be the last. John 14, 27, this is some of the things that Jesus said to his disciples right before he left. He said, peace I leave with you, my own peace I now give and bequeath to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled. It sounds like we have a choice. I said, it sounds like we have a choice. He said, don't let your heart be troubled. Why? Because I'm giving you peace. Don't let your heart be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. Somebody sent me a joke. This is just off the record. Sometimes I just go off. But anyway, somebody sent me a joke uh, with uh, Bob Newhart. And he was sitting at. You know who Bob Newhart is? You know, the, uh, what was he? Uh, a what? I know, but what was he? Uh psychiatrist, thank you. Come on, get with it over there. He was a psychiatrist and so his patient patient comes in there. You will learn stuff when you come to this church. And his patient comes in there and she said, oh, I just have this problem. I I feel like I'm in a box all the time. I get claustrophobic and it's like I'm going to be buried alive in everything. He says, okay, I'm going to tell you. You can write these two words down. Oh, should I write it down? And he says, Well, most people can remember it, but he says, You know, you can just write them down or you can just listen to it. And she says, Okay, are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Stop it! <laughs> I thought that should be a billboard somewhere, or a bumper sticker. I have these issues and our problem. I got this. I, stop it! I'm worried about everything. Stop it! But you don't know my children. Stop it! It was funny when I read it. But anyway, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 9. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works. He's what? Ceased from his own works. You're not trying to get righteous. You're not trying this. You're not trying to get God's approval. You're not trying. You're ceased from your own works and you know you're accepted. I'm resting in my Father. I'm resting in Jesus. He ceased from his own works as God did from his own. You know, really, the opposite of unbelief is not faith. You know what the opposite is of unbelief? Rest. Why? Because if you're resting, you know your father's got it all taken care of. My kids are just a mess. I know my father going to take care of them. I know it may be next month, it may be next year, it may be on my deathbed, but I do know one thing. They're going to serve God. Can you say Yeah, yeah, I can say that. I can pray and believe God and know. So you rest. You rest. Some of you, I know this. I've got some kids or, you know, end of the semester and the tests are coming up. This is for all people who are in school, college. You know, you need to look to God and not because, you know, I've been in that high school and when I was in the Air Force taking these big tests and everything, you know, and you, you just get nervous and wait, I don't pass this. Yes, I don't pass this. When I was in the military, I, I was, you'd have to take this course. I was uh, an in-flight refueler and we didn't pass this course. You. They're going to make you do whatever they want you to do. Whatever they, whatever you don't want to do, that's probably what they're going to What do you hate the most? Okay. Hmm. So, man, I mean, there's days I was stressed. I didn't know this revelation. I'd be stressed out of my gorge because I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm just going to tell you, this is such a free. You should study, listen to me now. You should study and bring Jesus into your study. What do I mean by that? Father, I'm going to do my best to study this, but I'm going to trust and rest in you that you're going to help me do well on my test. I'm not very good in algebra. I think your Heavenly Father knows the Pythagorean theorem, A squared plus B squared equals T squared. So you can study that. You may not totally understand that, but you just say, "God, I'm going to study and I'm going to believe. I'm going to trust you." You know. Now don't do this. Play video games all week and then go into the tent. Okay, God, I need your help. He says, "Yes, you do." I just thought I'd say that in there for the parents. You know. No, Pastor says, "I'm just going to rest in God, Mom. He's got this." Yeah. Don't twist what I'm trying to say. No, no, but I do know this. God can help you pass algebra. He can help you pass uh, English. He can help you pass anything. But this is the clue. Don't worry. Be happy. I'm telling you, it's the greatest revelation, the most simplest thing. People say, well, I have to worry. If I don't worry, it's going to look like I don't care. I don't know who started that, but I hear mothers say that all the time. My mom said that about me. I'm worried about you. Why? Everything's going to be alright because you're, you're a boy going out in there. And just, whoa. Whoa. Listen to me. Worry will cause you to frustrate the grace of God upon your life and upon the situation. Parents, did you hear that? About your kids, about your job, about your health, about your life, about your finances. Did you hear that? You are going to frustrate the grace of God that's been poured upon your life. You will frustrate it. Not the devil, not God. You know, we the devil gets so much credit in the church world today. The devil's destroying this and the devil's doing that. And he's on the sideline looking, going, Yeah, I, yeah. What did he say? What? What? Yeah, I did that. He gets so much credit for Nothing. The church needs to realize that he is defeated, and that's why he's on the sidelines. He's defeated, but worry causes him just to come alive inside of you. And, me. and I can prove it. First Peter, it says that. First Peter it says that the devil goes about seeking. he's like like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. First Peter five eight, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking looking for someone to devour. he's looking, why? because he can't devour everybody, he can't eat their lunch but some people he's looking to just have his day with what kind of people is he looking for the previous verse gives you a big fat clue so humble yourselves under the mighty power of God and at the right time he will lift you up in honor verse 7 Give all your worries. I think that would cover your kids. Give all your worries. I think that would cover your unemployment. Give all your worries. I think that would cover your children. Give all your worries. That's your car payment, your house payment, or the lack thereof. Give all your worries and cares to God. Why? Because He... Cares about you, so there is a connection between your worry and the devil eating your lunch. That right there ought to jerk the slack right out of you. And you hear your spouse, or you hear you say, "I'm so worried." Oh no, I'm not. I'm not worried a bit. God do not worry. I'm a believer. I rest in God. I don't worry. Now you may not get a hold of this at 12:05 today, but at least you have this seed of the truth planted in you. Listen to me now. And that you ought to be expecting to worry less tonight than you did last night. And you ought to expect to worry less this week than you did last week. And 2017 should be a year of rest and a lack of worry on your part than it was in 2016. Why? Because you know and understand Moses said, your presence is going to be with me, therefore because your presence is with me, I have rest. Moses got that revelation. Moses got that. You pray and you believe God that you have the presence of Almighty God with you, so therefore you have rest. You can do this because it's not you really doing it, is it? I mean, what do you have to do? All you have to do is believe. You believe you're ceasing from your work and you're entering into the Sabbath of God on the seventh day. He rested. Why? Because it was a done deal. I said it was a done deal. Everything from your life, God has seen it from the foundation of the world and says, I'm going to take care of them all the days of their life. How many think that's a good daddy? That's a good father. And guess what? He is good. You say, God, is just too good to be true. That's why it's called the gospel. Most people don't even know what the gospel is. They think it's like mm, a bunch of rules and regulation and shove the Bible down these heathen, these heathen, these sinners. These heathen. That's the gospel. That'll make you want to go to church. You know, we wonder why people don't go to church. You're a sinner. Oh, you're, a, you're this and you're that and, and you're going to hell come to church and find out all about it. <laughs> yeah, that's people by the millions are staying away from church. We don't know why. It's because all these church people are saying, you sinner, you're not as good as I. We're Christians. You're sinners. God loves us. He's sending you to hell. Makes me want to line up for that. And I'm the pastor, you know what I mean? I mean Come on, now we need to tell people the gospel. The true good news is that for God so loved the world. He loves the world. Before they got saved, in the midst of their sin state, horrible sickness of sin, He goes, I love you. And I'm going to take care of you. I provide... You know what? Not only do I love you, I've taken care of the whole sin issue. I've taken care care of your sin. When? 2,000 years ago I took care of your sin. You don't have to carry that sin around with you anymore. You're free. I'm telling you, you're free. You just need to believe on me. And when you do, you can rest. You can relax. And you can be worry-free. Is it possible to never worry? Most people don't even, most Christians don't believe that. It's a lack of character. It just means my pastor doesn't care about me. No, if I was worried about you, I would be harming our relationship and be harming you. I'm worried about you. What, what am I saying? God's not going to come through for you. Really? Yeah. God, I'm worried about you. God's not going to help you. You're on your own. Well, I don't want to go to that church. Let me tell you, no. When you are not... Listen to me. When you're not worrying, you're resting, believing that your father's going to take care of you. Is that good? Is that simple? Is it doable? Is it doable? He said, don't let your heart be troubled, so it's doable. Let's all say this. I can do this. Ready? I can do this. You know what? That's just like slapping the devil upside the head. I know you can't do this. I know everybody else can do this, but you know, you're different, you're special. You cannot do this. He says to give all your worries. Not some of them, not part of them, not the big ones. If God, if I, I'll just give Him the big ones, but I'll take care of these little ones. No, all of them. Every single worry should not be any place near you. I don't care what your kids do. Circumstances don't dictate worry. Anything on the outside should never dictate to you whether you worry or not. But this one's really big. The doctor's report said, you know, it's not just the flu. It's the C word. It's bad. Your relationship. It's the D word. I don't care what word it is. Every word is beneath Jesus. So you need to believe. And you can believe and rest and relax because God says, Moses, my presence is going to be with you. And because my presence is with you, you can rest. You can rest. Rest from your works. Rest in the fact that I've made you righteous. I've made you holy. I've provided for you. Everything that you need in this life, I have made a way for you. So just rest, relax, and don't worry. Be happy. Some of you need to tell your face that anyway. I am happy. I told you I'm happy, so I'm happy. I'm going to close with one illustration because I just love illustrations. This single mom. She was struggling financially, but she wanted to be a blessing to her daughter. If you've been coming to this church, you've heard this before. It's always better the 50th time anyway. But uh, she was really struggling financially. She wanted to take her daughter to Disney World. So finally that day came. Years finally came. She took her Dis- child, flew to Disney World. And there she was at Disney World, her and her daughter. What a happy day. And the daughter started complaining. Yeah, it's hot. And the lines are long. And you know, I just, it's just miserable here. It's just all that. And the mother goes, stop right there. I have sacrificed. I have paid the price. You to have a good time and to be happy. And you are going to be happy because I have paid the price. I have sacrificed. And therefore, you're going to be happy. Do you understand me? You're going to be happy right now. Now, that's a funny joke. Did you know your Heavenly Father has sent the greatest sacrifice? Come on now. He has sacrificed all sacrifices. He sent His only begotten Son. And He's provided all things for you to have a good time on this planet. John 10.10 says, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. One translation says, Press down, running over kind of life. And he says, I've came for you to have that kind of life. And he's here in churches all around the world. And he said, I'm just me and I'm just happy. And I'll tell you what, it's just like that mama. Listen, i paid the price and you should start getting happy right now. Yeah. now. He won't say it like that, but I'm saying it. So you all need to, just all of us need to quit worrying and get happy. And you will see, it if you have that kind of attitude, life will change for you circumstances might not, but life will change for you. Amen? Let's stand.